welcome to episode 62 of the Adelan Rising podcast, where your hosts, Saren, Lynn, and Adam. In today's episode, we talk about Marvel Team-Up number 5, Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur number 46, Magnificent Marvel number 6, and Marvel Comics 1000. How is everyone? I'm alright. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good too. Yay! Everyone's good. Does Lynn want to take us off with the news? Okay, so I think a couple weeks ago there was we had the D plus announcements, the D twenty three announcements for the new shows on D plus. Ms. Marvel and Moon Girl are both getting TV shows. Yay! And I know there are there are a lot of rumors going around about whether or not they'll be in humans, but it is all conjecture at this point. They're well, aging up Moon Girl to thirteen too. Yeah. yeah, and they're also there's like rumors going around that they're also trying to reboot the Inhumans at this point because of oh, the sorry. TV show that we don't talk about. I would take who the people who are reporting that is we got this covered and they are very not reliable. Okay. So I would I'm not gonna believe an iota. So I am, I am now going rumor. to uh, create an Inhumans news account, which basically spouts off bullshit. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the other news. Uh, yeah, there's a whole. There's been a whole spate of Disney Plus TV shows now uh, announced. I think obviously the one that I'm most looking forward to is now Miss Marvel. I, I'm not massively looking forward to anything else, to be honest. I'm excited for Falcon and Winter Soldier and She Hulk. Oh, She Hulk, yeah, that's the other one. That one I think is going to be great, and I'm the weirdo because I am looking forward to WandaVision. Oh, I think that's going to be interesting, and I'm going to be watching that because I want to see Monica. And this makes me sad because of the Marvel-Sony fallout, because now we've got Carol, and we've got Jen, and we've got Monica in the MCU, and we don't have Carol's best friend, Jessica Drew, and we're never going to have her now. And that makes me so sad. Well, apparently it's all Kevin Feige's fault, so um, just blame him. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, WandaVision... Yeah, they. I, I saw some of the uh, comments about gonna, it. That's going to tie in directly to Doctor Strange, right? Yes, they said it's it's going to start out basically as a comedy and then get really weird. Yeah, well, I, I've seen the um like the concept art and that kind of stuff, yeah. and there's already a lot of weird stuff in that concept art. Like yeah. when you when you like do analysis of it, <laughs> it's just really it's mm-hmm. really kind of cool. So I, 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 I'm looking forward to that. I think I'm lo- looking forward to Doctor Strange mo- movie more than anything. But and then uh, Jimmy Woo and who else is going to be in it? Uh, Monica Rambeau. Yep. We have a grown-up Monica. Oh, and, and um, who is um? And, what's her and, name? And Darcy. Yes, Darcy. Darcy. Jesus Christ. Calls me only your Mew Mew. Uh, <laughs> I guess Adam has feelings uh, about her. I just I don't like the character. I just I thought we were seeing the end of her. Oh no! Uh, I I just don't. I I'm not a huge fan of the actress. I'm not a huge fan of the character either. Fan fiction would disagree with you, Adam. Yeah. Yeah, but fan fiction does very strange things. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know at this point with Miss Marvel Moon Girl. Other than Moon Girl's being aged up to thirteen, so another news of Moon Girl. Well, I think the interesting thing about the Miss Marvel TV show is that the uh, the actual logo for the TV show uh, features the Cree, uh, the the, the Halastar. Which I think means we're going to get Carol in it, because why wouldn't yeah. we? Well, yeah. Or, or, the, no, or they're going to have to. You have to have a Captain Marvel cameo. Well, yeah, but what I mean is that it, it almost seems like they could be subtly changing her background. I mean... Uh, yeah. Let's, oh, yeah. let's not... All right. We'll, we'll get to that in Ms. Marvel. I think they're <laughs> trying to make her kind of like how um, Hulkling is both Kree and Skrull. I think they're making Kamala... Half inhuman, half Cree. And I, I think last episode I misspoke because I said she didn't cocoon. She did cocoon. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I, I saw some I images was of right. that. It you was. You fought me on that, and I was right. 
It was like black glass, though. It, it I was, think that's artist interpretation because if you look at all the cocoons, they're all different. But they're all like you know, gross gremlin-y kind of cocoons. Yeah, I was gonna say the the X Men books kind of made them look very um, gross. And well, just even green. In, yeah, in humanity, they were nasty too. Yeah, yeah, she's the only one that gets this sort of perfect dome. I thought they were basing it off the Agents of Shield ones, though. Don't remember those ones now. It's been so long ago. Did they just get like encrusted though? Yeah, on Agents of Shield. Yeah, and then they sort of like all yeah, of Yeah, but fell I think off. it was more like that than it was like the other thing. But Lockjaw is in Guardians of the Galaxy issue eight again. Yeah, with the cutest scene ever with Cosmo. <laughs> oh, I, oh I, it was I, so cute. So I've I've been trying to get caught up on uh, comics from the last year or so. I'm currently on 127 unread, so my list has got smaller. Well, oh, you're making more progress than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so that's on my list of things to read. I'm really looking forward to that one cuz cuz Donny Cates when he's on form he's on form. And he has been name dropping the Inhumans quite a bit in Guardians of the Galaxy once you get caught up. See I I wonder if they're the potentially cuz I know we we were talking about this and potentially they're heading to like a big cosmic event. Uh, yeah, annihilation. But it makes me wonder obviously an uh, annihilation was in the lead up to what well, mind you everything was in the lead up to War of Kings back in the mid mid 2000s but I wonder if they'll get get a a, a starring role in that maybe that would be cool yeah, it'd maybe be just, he knows he dropped the ball on death of the inhumans and is trying to make up for it yeah let's let's spoke about that 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 book with a better i think like, yeah yeah i think they had such a cool artist on that and then it's just like ugh. what else is in the news let's see let's see the lafayette family gets a call out in the latest issue of fantastic four uh, the family is though the parents are going off all the grown-ups are going off on a uh, adventure, and the kids are going to have to go stay with the Lafayettes to have a sleepover. Interesting. <laughs> and then we had Kid Kaiju in the Marvel Monsters one-shot. Good, which... he's still around. He's still around. Unless you're really into getting pinups of kaiju, it's probably a, you can skip this one. I think forgettable is the word that you've uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that you used in the notes. It's kind yeah. of <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, I have to admit, kid kaiju is just not one that I've ever really gotten into. I like his concept, and I think Colin Bunn is honestly. I think the annual have him show up was just so they could keep the rights. <laughs> probably. But it's, did Colin Bunn write that one? Did he or? He did. That's good. I miss Cullen Bunn. He was. He was. Cullen my, Bunn created him. He was one of my favorite writers. I've. Uh, yeah. He was at uh, uh, MCM last year, and he was like, he was one of the nicest guys there. I wish he was back on the X Men. Really. I think Hickman chose who he wanted to write. Like he he handpicked the writers for the Hick for the X Men series that are coming up. And he so didn't he picked pick Cullen Bunn. He picked Avita Ayala. Teeny Howard, and I can't remember, he's got Leah Thompson, or Leah Williams, rather. I don't know why I said Leah Thompson. Leah Williams on a book um, that hasn't been announced yet, and he's got a bunch of others. But yeah, he picked who he wanted to write the upcoming series. That was all Hickman's choices of who he chose. Like, he handpicked those writers for reasons. X-Force looks great. I just want to get that out there. That team just looks so ridiculously overpowered. It's amazing. (laughs) Nice. Um... So, I guess let us jump into... Marvel Team Up Issue 5. Uh, let's get that out of do the we, way. Do we have yeah. to do this? 
I was disappointed. Oh, God, yes. So was I. Marvel Team-Up, issue five. Um, it was written by Clint McElroy. Artist was Ig Guara. Colorist was Philippe Sobrero. Letterer was VCs Clayton Cowles. So, in summary, the, the previous issue ended on that pretty cool cliffhanger. Was it Marvel? Was it not? No, it wasn't. The issue begins by giving some backstory to Marvel and Carol, ultimately establishing who the character is. But it turns out this character that features features so heavily in the last issue and in this issue is Walter Lawson, the real one. According to Walter, he was never dead after being dragged from the wreckage of his uh, of his jet, and somehow Marvel just looked exactly like him. It appears to have turned Walter into some something of a xenophobe and a bit of a bigot because he kind of criticizes the Kree quite heavily. Um, He's been stealing and repairing or improving, as he put it, various Kree technology for use against them. And then Kamala, which this was somewhat out of character, I thought, uh, let slip that Carol is actually part Kree through her mother, Marie L. And then cue some kind of blackout caused by Walter and Carol and Kamala make their exit. Kamala then, and again, I feel like it's slightly out of character, uh, talks about how Carol shouldn't hate the group of people she's a part of. After this, Carol kind of drops her off back at her house and kind of, you know... Kamala's quite worried that she's sort of ruined the friendship between them. So Kamala Uh then... Uh, meets up with Bruno in an arcade, just kind of talks about what's happened. She believes that their friendship is kind of over, and then Carol kind of turns up, and uh, it seems like all is forgiven. So Carol is kind of on the hunt of a, a ship that's giving off a distress beacon, um, which is sort of communicated to them by Shuri, and then they run into a sentry with Kamala commenting that it's definitely not a sentinel. Again, I kind of feel it's sort of out of character for her. And it turns out this distress beacon was coming from the Helion, the the ship that uh, Marvel brought to Earth and shot Walter down, and, and basically was the reason why Walter got shot down. Um, From the movie? Yes, yeah. And then his ultimate aim was to send a distress beacon out to space so he can take the Kree tech and take an attack to the Kree homeworld, only to find out that the people responding to the distress beacon are Star Force. I rated this book two out of five lockjaws for various different reasons that we're about to go into. I yeah. just couldn't finish it. Honestly, I tried. And look, I like wordy comics. Don't get me wrong. I love comics with lots of words in them. Spider Woman was a wordy comic. There are wordy comics. This comic was wordy to the point where I was just like, mm. See, I, I, I didn't mind. I didn't mind that. What I didn't like was just out of character, how out of character Kamala was. Yes. Yeah. Um, the colouring, yeah. which I'm not going to go too far into. I mean, the majority of it is fine, but there's one specific thing that I hate. And then the, the, the just the writing isn't generally that good. I just, ugh. Yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't finish it. Uh, yeah, I, I miss e-viewing. Actually, it, it does seem like after issue number six, which is the next issue, it's not going to be around anymore. Which kind of sucks because it's been, a, you know, the first three issues, the Spider-Man yep. book was really good. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. And then I think if they had had Eve continue to write it or um, maybe even had Saladin Ahmed write this part of this, I just am not, I, the writer just, I don't feel like understands the characters at all. Nope. He, nope. he absolutely doesn't. I think for what I wrote down for kind of notes for this issue was that in the last issue, issue four, I said that it's actually kind of a good in- introduction to sort of like the cosmic side of Marvel. I retract that statement and I will go as far as to say, if you want to go and read something cosmic, go elsewhere, go Guardians of the Galaxy, go something like that, because it's kind of done a, 
you know, an about turn and just kind of gone in completely opposite direction. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just... just not. Also, it was a little weird to have Kamala pushing at Carol to be proud of her Cree heritage <laughs> when right Carol... after a whole bunch of Kamala's friends have been murdered by the Cree. Yeah, yeah, and also all the crap Carol's going through with the Cree currently. So yeah, yeah I that's feel... the thing. It's like none. It feels like none of their backstories have been particularly taken. It feels like all they've done is just kind of oh these are cool characters i'm going to take the movie version of carol and then not do any research into kamala you know right it, like it's... all he did was watch the movie yeah which is a bad thing but it just like, misses out on I like lot. the cover i think the cover is really good and i like the line work but i'm not a fan of the coloring like the line work like the the line art like the actual like art and inking is good i think but the coloring is awful. I, I think we should probably move on. Yeah, let's yeah. let's let's move let's on. Let's go. Let's go to slightly more positive territory that we know we actually enjoyed it. All right, so Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number forty-six, the penultimate issue. This one is simply titled Mister Fantastic. Let's go. Part one of two. Uh, the writers Brandon Montclair, artist Aletha E. Martinez, colorist Tamara Bondelin, letterer Travis Lanham, and another cute cover by Raza. Love these covers by Raza. Can I just tell you, they make me so happy. Uh, what doesn't make me happy is this penultimate issue. But but chunky devil dinosaur makes. <laughs> yes. Okay, here it is. The moment we've all been waiting for. Mister Fantastic's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur guest appearance. The story. Op- <laughs> the story opens with some mild body horror as Lunella catches Mister <laughs> Fantastic spying on her in her lab with one distended eyeball. Lunella accuses him of trying to steal all her good ideas. And since this is a comic book and two heroes are meeting, they are required to fight. I don't make the rules. She's six devil dinosaur on an exasperated Reed. Reed reminds Lunella that even if he isn't the smartest, he's still pretty darn clever as he flips the switch on one of Lunella's devices, freezing her and devil dinosaur in place. He then takes a moment to admire the handiwork of her temporal inhibitor, a.k.a. the timeout machine, before unfreezing them. As Mr. Fantastic tries to make nice, a sullen Lunella reveals the reason behind her bad attitude. She, a former Fantastic Four member, wasn't invited to the reunion. For that story, true believers, you need to read issues two and three of Dan Slott's Fantastic Four run. Or you can go back and uh, listen to the episode in the mid-50s that we we did back with Doc. Hint, hint. Plug. (laughs) (laughs) Reed, of course, has been bopping around the multiverse and is a little behind the times, so he had no idea that she had been a Fantastic Four member. This isn't good enough for Lunella, and she storms off. Cut to dinner at the Lafayette house. Lunella is her usual difficult self as her parents talk about wanting to spend more time with her. Dinner ends with Mom and Lunella storming off in different directions. Back at 4 Yancey Street, Mr. Fantastic is fretting over his encounter with Lunella. And Sue reminds him that she's not some experiment to be controlled. It's time for using your heart, not your head. Meanwhile, Lunella and Devil Dinosaur are hitting up a convenience store owner who, while he did promise Lunella all the candy she wanted, did not plan on feeding a T-Rex in perpetuity. No matter if he did save the neighborhood from Blastar and Pin Peng Foom. As neighbors start to freak out, the Fantastic Four arrive to de-escalate the situation. Lunella proceeds to be rude to all of them until Reed is forced to use his greatest weapon of all, the dad voice. <laughs> as he lectures a defiant Lunella on needing to learn how to listen, Lunella announces that she doesn't need to do what he says because he's not her dad. She's the smartest there is, and she's going to prove it. To be continued. To be concluded. 
Yeah. I gave this one five out of five lockjaws. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. I, we we need to get Brandon Montclair back on the show. I mean, it is such a shame it's ending, and it is such a shame that it's not going to fifty issues. But I'm bitter about that. Yeah, I mean, we have to get Amy Reader back on as well because I mean, she, you know, him and her co-created the the character. So I, I mean, I'm bitter about it, but she's had a really good run. I think she's now the kind of like the longest running single title. I think yeah. you might be right. Yeah, yeah, which I think pretty sure is for any inhuman any inhuman comic book. So and, and, you know she might she has a cartoon coming out, so she's she's probably going to get a relaunch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of hope that she gets a relaunch in kind of a way similar to um, Marvel Rising, where you kind of have that nice arc of five issues. Although obviously, mm, I want tie, to... kind of ties into the yeah, kind of ties into the TV show. Um, oh yeah, and there's going to be a new TV show. They're doing another one with Shuri. Oh, that's right. Okay. So we'll probably be getting hopefully another five issues from that. I would hope. Yeah, I mean yeah. I, that that wouldn't surprise me. I guess we'll probably see another Marvel Rising book in what later this year, early next year. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is a great book. Tamara Bonvillain, I mispronounced your name. I'm sorry. Continues to slay on the coloring. Yes, this is a good example yes. of. And I really coloring. do like. Um, Elisa Martinez's artwork because it's so close to Natasha Bustos. It's like you're not even missing anything. Really good. Which is, it's really hard to copy someone else's style and still make it your own. So it's yeah. been pretty awesome. Yeah, so, I, I well really, done. I really like the kind of like the facial fe- like the the features and stuff, and the way that she does all the funny faces and and that kind of thing. It's it's really good. I really enjoy that. And a uh, guy, since it is the penultimate issue, um. Send your letters about how much you love Moon Girl, the Mondo Marvel at Marvel.com. All the love for our girl, because she needs it. We only got one issue left, so get count. I think we've been covering Miss Mar- uh, Marvel, Moon Girl, since, like, issue eight. We've been covering this for, what, like, 30, 38 issues so far? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I'd like to think we've been been, been at it since the beginning, but... Um... We haven't quite, but almost. I think it's time for a Moon Girl retrospective. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to do that. We're gonna have to do like a reread of all the all the issues. But wow, in this issue, yeah. Lunell is very angry. She was snubbed. She was snubbed, and I just think she seems to be getting like a little more. She's very arrogant, but also I feel like she's just. I feel like she's. Um... They're still trying to brush her off as a kid, and she's trying to tell them that you should yeah. be a kid, but she still can help. It's, it's bad and as she, it sounds. It feels it, like it's, they're not. It's almost. It's almost like the, she's got like the arrogance similar to what Tony Stark does, and I, I know this is a bit of you know out of left field sort of thing, but she knows what she can do, and she knows her ability, and she knows she can do whatever she wants to effectively. And Tony Stark does very, very similar things, and I, I think they're kind of like trying to almost kind of trying to do that, and I think she's going to be kind of taken down a peg or two in the next issue, and actually shown that yes, she is extremely clever, but she's also just a... Still has a lot to learn. Right. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, she, She's kind of that, the kid that's too smart for the class. That gets oh, yeah. frustrated with everybody yeah. else. And, yep. and that's it, she's yeah. She's so far ahead of everyone that they can't keep up with her. And she's even ahead of her teachers, which makes it harder. Yeah. Which I think is, is really good because uh, Mr. Fantastic and, and Valeria can probably associate with that quite well. I agree. Well, since they're you know, having sleepovers now, I guess we'll find out exactly how <laughs> yeah. it all is about. Yeah, I, I hope she continues to have um, 
uh, sort of like cameos in those kind of books. I hope yeah. so, and I hope if her book isn't relaunched, which it should be because she's getting her own TV show, um, yeah, I do hope she starts showing up in the Fantastic Four more. I mean, she was a member. We can't uh, we can't just look past that. No, and and I think her and I like her relationship with Ben Grimm. Yeah, I think they're. Yeah, I think so. I would like to see more of that. And they're practically neighbors. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they live on the same street now, so... Yeah, yeah. You know. all the smart people of the, of the Marvel Universe live on Yancey Street. <laughs> yeah. put, all the, put all the magic users on Bleecker Street. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, it, it, it's a real shame that this book is book is ending. Um, and it's, it's kind of... I think we kind of saw it coming from a few months ago because obviously we noticed that September was kind of like the last... Uh, the, last well, the last issue that was... Um, uh, meant, you know, announced. October was the last issue that was announced, and November solicits are out, and it's not on there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, wait, when did this book come out? Was it literally this week? I don't remember. I, just, I, I think I, so. I just get them in time for recording this, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm so unorganized. Um, but yeah, it is. It's a shame, and I'm going to miss her. But I, I really do hope that um, the TV show is fast tracked. But not fast tracked in the way that Inhumans team TV show was fast tracked. Oh God, right? Um, it needs to be done well. It needs to be done properly, and I'm sure it's just going to be insane. Um, in fact, I would actually suggest that Brandon Montclair needs to write the TV show as well, um, and get Amy Reader in on on writing it too. Or Jeff Thorne, because Jeff Thorne would write the hell out of Lunella. Yeah, yeah, because uh, they they just be the the perfect kind of people. Um, yeah. Yeah, got anything else to add on that one? I don't. Um, other than our, uh, who's our uh, quote from today, Lynn? Oh, our quote is from Gertrude B. Elian. Forgot to read the quote. Nothing worthwhile comes easily. And Gertrude was the 1988 Nobel Prize winner in physiology or medicine. Her work in rational drug design led to the development of the first drug used in the treatment of AIDS, AZT. That's good. There you go. Yeah, I, I think um, you know, just going back to what we said last episode, well, last comics episode, not uh, House of X episode. Um, I kind of mentioned how I really want to get this book for my niece because I think that actually, if she reads the book and she reads the the actual quotes as well, because the quotes are quite inspirational from inspirational people. And then you learn quite a bit by looking up who they were. Yes, yeah. That's I mean, true. like we have like these last few months <laughs> <laughs> because I would have had no idea who they actually were. Yeah, I I don't know what else to say really. It's just I guess next episode is going to be a long live Moon Girl episode. Um, I I do I do think it'd be really really good just to go through kind of our favorite bits of that that of that book. Um, and then I'm going to mention the hell out of the fact that there was like a British Ghost Rider on a penny farthing. Um, that is that is honestly <laughs> I love that, that one. Literally one of the greatest comic book yes. panels of all time. Oh, I love That's that book. That's all I'm going to say about that. That is literally one of the greatest panels of all time. Yeah, I, I yeah, I absolutely adore this book. Just just for so many different reasons. It's like because because it's tied in quite loosely with the rest of the MU. You know, there's not really been particularly any. Um, you know, like it wasn't tied into all the big events other than maybe War of the War of the Realms, um, and even then it was loose. But it's been able to do kind of whatever it wants. Right. It's, it's just, uh, I'm going to miss it. And I think. I'm going to miss it too. 
I'm going to be very sad when it's not on my pull list in November. And I'm like, oh, there's no more Moon Girl. Yeah, just, just um, buy all of the trades. Yes, guys, so. buy all the trades. And once again, Mondo Marvel at Marvel.com and let them know how much you love Moon Girl and that you're going to miss it. Um, um, Miss Marvel number six. We're up to issue six of this one's great. Uh, so yeah, magnificent Miss Marvel issue six, writer by uh, Sal- written by Saladin Ahmed, Eisner award-winning Saladin Ahmed. Uh, artist is Minky Young, colorist is Juan Blasco, letterer Ian Herring. So uh, after last month ends the first arc, uh, this issue starts on a pretty sad note. Kamala and her parents, who cannot remember anything about their adventure to Safa, uh, talking about the disease that Abu is suffering from. Uh, Kamala obviously isn't taking it too well. Who would? Abu, having appearing to have come to terms with it all, says that Kamala doesn't need to turn the house into a graveyard and to go and study with her friends. So she meets up with Bruno and Nakia. Um, Kamala explains the situation about Safa and Chepura and the fact that her parents know nothing about her secret identity, um, having found out about it all, um, and her, her father giving her a lot of crap about it. After a slight outburst of uh, from Nakia wondering if they're actually going to do any, uh, actually going to study anything, uh, Kamala unloads about her dad. Bruno offers her some uh, canafe. How do how do you say that, Lynn? Canafe. Canafe, I believe. I know you wanted to mention something about that later on in the episode. Yes, but... that it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so Bruno, uh, Bruno offers us some uh, to try and cheer her up when somebody exclaims Miss Marvel in the background. We see Deathbringer, uh, first seen in Magnificent Marvel issue 1, and he appears to have taken a busload of people and put in fake darkness around them. Deathbringer uh, brings a load of weird monster things to the fight in which Miss Marvel seems to get overpowered by her suit, which is obviously reacting to Miss Marvel needing some help, steals Deathbringer's mask. Uh, and of course, Miss Marvel then saves the day because the mask is some weird... Thing that's able to store solar energy during the day and take the energy, take the sun out of the day at night. I, I, I don't know how it works. Just read the book. So, Marvel Comics magic. Yeah, exactly. So enter Iron Man. So obviously he's been the one that was also on the cover of this book. He kind of looks at Miss Marvel's new green nanotech suit and he, he, he kind of wants to cheer her up. Um, he, he responded to the text that uh, Kamala uh, sent earlier in the issue, uh, which basically talks about her dad. Tony says he's trying to get people to work on a cure for it, but it'll be way too long to have an impact on Kamala's dad. And I thought at this point, this is the reason why Saladin Ahmed is writing this book, because it kind of goes into a very emotional kind of bit between Tony and Kamala. Tony suggests that Kamala ought to spend her time well with her father, because obviously it's limited at this point. And Kamala kind of reacts by saying, you know, she doesn't want to be in this situation. It's Again, who would? But it's it's really good writing. It's really touching. It's just such a well-written story. It's kind of, I guess it's kind of a little bit separate from Eva story arc that's coming but i gave this one five out of five lock jaws really impressed by it but now you guys have got to cheer me up because i was very sad by it it was very sad i like that tony kind of gave us an explanation of the suit so we can get a little bit more information on exactly how it works yeah that was really good i quite enjoyed that but Um, if anyone if anyone knows what it's like to know you know have limited time with your parents and and not reconcile with them or spend that time with them it's tony stark so so um, I, th- I think one of the biggest comments I'd make on that is they're kind of making him, sort of aligning him a bit more with his MCU version of the character, probably less so with the the previous comics version of the character, uh, which I really enjoy actually. I think I think they're probably doing a really good job with that because obviously Tony's relationship with Spider Man in the in the in the movies, and I think it's just really well written. Saladin Ahmed's just a great writer, and there's a reason why he has an Eisner. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dealing with loss is a difficult one. 
and you know dealing with the potential loss is probably even harder because you know it's coming you just don't know when right will kamala be okay i mean she'll be okay it's kamala but it's just very sad on a positive note (laughs) on a positive note Let's talk about food, because when when Seldin Ahmed took over Miss Marvel, my first thought was, we're going to get to see more pastries. <laughs> yeah. Because from his novels and his short stories, he always manages to sneak in some treats. And he did it this time with, I'm probably killing the pronunciation of it, kanafa, which is like a... I'm Please like correct Middle us Eastern cheesecake. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a it's a melty cheese that has a like a string pastry on the top, and then it's soaked in a sugar syrup that has maybe rose water or orange blossom water. That, that sounds and it's very fan- good. It's fantastic. And if you go to Le Bon Sweets in Dearborn, they put it on a bun, and you can eat it like a sandwich. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's called the Cheese Dome. It's fantastic. You know, that's that's something I'm very jealous of, is the fact that here in the UK, we don't have that kind of, you know, we don't have sort of like Middle Eastern shops or bakeries or anything. We don't have, we, we don't, we don't really have a lot of that. And like kind of hearing that you guys have a lot more of that than, than here in the UK, it, 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 it makes me jealous. Then you need to come to New York Comic Con one year and we need to go on a food eating spree in New York City. <laughs> I, I will try. <laughs> Because I will happily go on a food eating spree in New York City, which is basically what I did last year, and you had to roll me home. <laughs> yeah, I, I am, I am, I really want I to get food. to either NYCC or C2E2 or SDCC, whichever one. <laughs> just, I just need a, a good trip to the US. I mean, you do because I, mean, I went to it's only I, for food. Well, I went to South Carolina earlier in the year, and I think I was quite impressed by some things, quite unimpressed by others. I was unimpressed yeah, by were, the candy. You you were in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, true. Yeah, and it yeah, was South Carolina you, as well. You need you need to you need to go to a city. You yes. need like you need like Detroit or Philly or New York. I tell you yeah. what I did or like. Chicago for C2E2. Or Chicago. Yep. Chicago. San Diego has some really good food. If you want the best Mexican food you will ever have in your life. Short of going to Mexico, you go to San Diego because <laughs> it's two hours away, well, or fun- two miles away. So, so funny enough, one of my colleagues is kind of like he's he's married to a, a Mexican lady, and and yeah, he he kept feeding me with like uh, Mexican food in the morning, sort of like breakfast stuff, uh, and it was it was really good. I was so well yeah. fed in those two weeks. Like, I even tried um, sweet cornbreads. Oh, um, so good. Which are which are really nice. And even though even yeah. though I bought them in, in Walmart, they were they were really good. Basically just like a sponge cake for anybody who doesn't live in the US or corn muffins, man. Corn muffins. With yeah. butter. I'm hungry. Yeah. Okay. So hungry. <laughs> I was gonna say I have already eaten before this, but I'm I'm hungry. I eat too, and now I just wanna go get some muffins or muffin mix and make muffins and probably destroy the kitchen in the process, which is bad, so I'm not going to cook. <laughs> anyway There was there was something else I was just gonna mention on uh Miss Marvel, which is um are they have they got Marvel zombies at the end or something? Like, oh, is that, I don't it is looks that the, like uh yeah. yeah, the next issue looks like there will be zombies. Yeah. Oh, they're doing a whole Marvel zombie things in October, aren't they? Well, I don't know. Is this uh, this is the thing? I'm 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 so bad at when all these I'm books so come confused. out. Confused. Like usually, I'm pretty good with solicitations, but I truly can't recall if that's coming this October. If that's an event, I think it is. Marvel Zombies is an event, I think. Once again, please correct us if we're wrong. So, should we move on to the next one? Marvel Comics 1000 did not have enough Inhumans for me, but there were Inhumans in it. Yes, and they were adorable. They were adorable. I. 
100% agree. There's one story that is not inhuman related at all that I absolutely adored that we will shout out to when we get there. But anyway, do you want to take us away, Lynn? This this one was big. This is basically a trade paperback. It's 80 different it's... creative teams doing 80 different pages. So Although, I'm just going yeah. to call out the main portion of the story is by Al Ewing. Who's amazing. If you haven't read anything Al Ewing has written, you are missing out on a lot of stuff because he's amazing. So covers, there are multiple. The standard cover is by Alex Ross. It's a lovely cover. And there's also a very nice one by Mike Allred that is features. Yes. I need to have a look at that one. I didn't see that one at my. Yeah. Yes, I got the Daredevil one by Mike Chichetto. I got the last Mike Allred they had with that has Black Bolt, Medusa, and Lockjaw on it. I'm going to have to hunt that down. Yeah, I got the Daredevil variant because Mike Chichetto draws a very sexy Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> at least I think it was Mike Chichetto. I can't remember. I don't know. I just went, oh, Daredevil, and I picked it up. All right. So it's hard to do a summary of this because it's so big and there's so many varying ones, but I'm just going to go over the overarching story. Can I just talk, can we move to the Robert DaCosta part? Can we just talk about shade that he throws in that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to, anyway, go ahead. So it's Marvel Comics 80th anniversary, and they are celebrating with Marvel Comics 1000. 80 different creative teams contributed to 80 different one-page stories to a loosely connected anthology. The overarching storyline by Al Ewing introduces a new cosmic artifact, the Eternity Mask, a mask made of Eternity's own substance that makes the wearer the equal of whoever they're up against. Ewan goes all the way back to Marvel Comics number one to connect it to different masked crusaders, most of which you probably never heard of. The masked raider, blind justice, the ferret, who the mask doesn't work for, so I don't think he even wears it. The thunderer, aka the dark avenger, the black rider, and some guy who fought the black knight. The one thing they have in common is that the wearer is a champion of equality who fights on behalf of the powerless. It's also referred to as the mask that made America. And there's a flashback to the Revolutionary War, where it's in the possession of Ben Franklin. The existence of the mask comes to the attention of Robert DaCosta, who puts Jimmy Woo on the case. The owner of the mask and the Enclave, the evil scientists who made Adam Warlock, have been at war from the very start and interspersed with the one-shot stories, we see Jimmy Woo conducting his investigation. He goes to see Nemora, Gorilla Man, Night Thrasher, and Blue Marvel. Once the 80 stories are concluded, we see that they were all research being done about why the heroes do what they do by the mysterious new Masterator. And in an after credit sequence, we cut to the Enclave, who have abandoned their search for the mask. They have a new project, a resurrected Korvac. Dun, dun, dun. Now, I give this one four out of five Lockjaws because it was kind of disjointed. There were some stories that were throwaways, and there were some that were fantastic. Right. The, the quality so, throughout was really hit or miss. Was My fun biggest objection was the 1977 story for Star Wars, which has nothing to do with the Marvel Universe other than it sold a million copies for Marvel back in 1977. <laughs> 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 Other than like the biggest selling comic book of almost all now, time. Okay. Oh, also uh, Sunspot, uh, and then Sunspot Shade about not being in the new X Men book. <laughs> that was kind of funny, and not also and also not being in the Avengers. So he's just like in limbo. Yeah. That was funny. I got a kick out of that one. Poor Sunspot. Nobody wants him. But anyway, um, oh Kelly Thompson's um Elsa Bloodstone story with Jeff the Land Shark. Adorable. That was amazing. 
Uh, we we need to talk about the Inhumans page yes. for 1965, the year they were introduced in Fantastic Four number 45, which is just precious. It is a an homage to Little Nemo and Slumberland, and we get Little Black Agar in Slumberland, and it, it's, it's just a perfect, even with the layout, homage to Little Nemo, where we have. Should we just go through panel by panel? It's short. Yeah, it, it's the same exact layout. Little Black Agar asleep in bed. We have Lockjaw coming in from off panel and he wakes up. Am I late for school? And you know, Lockjaw's pulling on the blankets. Not if I can help it. And then they teleport to school and what it looks like, uh, another homage to a Nick Darrington cover, uh, Black Bull and Lockjaw. He gets to the classroom and everybody's there. We have Triton in the back. Medusa's reading a book, ignoring everybody. Gorgon looks just disgusted to even be there. So bored. <laughs> and of course, Karnak's sitting in the front row telling Lockjaw. Little nerd telling Black Agar to hurry up and sit down because they have a substitute teacher. And the substitute teacher is the thing in a dress, which turns into Dr. Doom riding the Silver Surfer's surfboard in a dress, which turns into Galactus in a dress, accusing Little Black Bolt of not paying attention to his alarm clock. (laughs) And of course, Little Black Bolt shouts, my alarm clock didn't go off, which of course causes the dream to disintegrate. Everybody starts flying off into space. Gorgon still looks bored with everything. And that's when he wakes up, covering his mouth because he realized he said something out loud. (laughs) I'm going to be really honest with you. I literally just read that as you were going through it. Because I have not read an awful lot of uh, the Marvel Comics 1000 yet, but that's really good. It's, it's really good. And the inexplicable facial hair on the children, it's, I love everything about it. It was so good. What else do we have? There's so much to talk about here. Uh, Saladin Ahmed wrote one for The Thing. Yes. And that one was in one of the tearjerkers. And he needs to just write the Fantastic Four, let's be honest. I think he really gets the thing. He, he would uh, he would be such a good writer for any of them. I think, um, you know, Marvel 2 and 1, I think he would have been a fantastic writer on that. Yeah, just well. had to write all the things. Yeah. So I find it I find it very odd that they decided to do like an overarching story throughout a book that was meant to be celebrating the you know well, the, the eighty years of Marvel Comics. I think this this Marvel one thousand is tying into the incoming event that's coming in December. Well, see, I've I've heard a few things about the incoming event as well. I've I've heard that the incoming event is actually more or less a collection of all the different events that are coming in twenty twenty. Yes. Oh, I'm not surprised at all, because Ewing loves to, like, here's what's going to happen. Al Ewing is going to build this story here and start it, and then next year, in all his other stories, and in other stories, there are going to be little hints that were dropped here that are going to come into fruition in other series. Just you wait. And then people are going to be like, well, where did this come from? And it's all going to come back to Marvel Comics 1000 and probably Marvel Comics 1001. Which yeah. will which will inevitably have had a trade made by this point. There's going to be a lot more to go. Yeah. I mean, obviously, um, there were certain characters that were missed out. Uh, and there was a lot of focus on the movies themselves. Like the 2008 one was basically Iron Man, uh, which was written by... Well, it wasn't even written, I guess. It was by Chip Zdarsky. Which I actually thought was a really cool like visual thing uh because there's no words to it it was just really nice to kind of see the 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 development of iron man almost um i thought it was really good so i have a question for you the page that is done by christian ward which is absolutely beautiful the next one is the mask right you see someone's got carol's picture pinned up and then there's I guess it's jessica jones although it doesn't look like jessica jones i think it's i think it's supposed to be her because she had Two stories in here. 
And then the guy in the purple hat, who is that? And then there's Namor. Um, well, I'm assuming... Yeah, you know? I have, it's the only thing that keeps me alive. Is that a Bruce Banner, maybe? Oh, well, I, I I wondered whether it was from the 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 comment in black where it says I was given a power I have to take responsibility. I'm guessing Spider Man. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's a little bit difficult to really discern. I mean, obviously you've got. Um... Of course, for the other people, the block doesn't necessarily match up to who they are because with Neymar we've got they're at war. They've been at war for eighty years since they saw Horton's synthetic man. It all started with the Human Torch. This is going to be tying into it because some of the teasers, you see Jessica Jones and Daredevil and that masked raider dude in one of those teasers for the incoming. I'll tell you what I did enjoy. I mean, I enjoyed it as I much enjoyed as I a lot of it. I think there are too many stories for some characters and some yeah. were snubbed who shouldn't have been snubbed. Some were just a list of someone who didn't get to show up. Spider-Woman, Iron Fist, Shang-Chi, Moon Knight, Ms. Marvel, Moon Girl... The Thing's the only Fantastic Four member who got to speak, and just a slew of Avengers. Well, Doom but got we to speak did as get well. both White Tigers. We got Angela Del Toro yeah. and Ava Ayala, so that, that made me true. happy. <laughs> <laughs> it was in a dream sequence, but he got to speak. And we got... Well, he we got, got his own story. He was in a more than one story. There you go. I mean, I know he's not a member of the Fantastic Four, but he, he has been featured. Oh, the Fantastic Four were in... Or, well, Reed was in a What Do You Regret story. But the... um. What I, what I quite liked was the fact that Marvel UK did get a page, even if it was just a single page by a character that, quite frankly, I don't think many people have heard of, which was Night Raven, who was introduced in 1979 in Hulk comic issue one. Yeah, I had no idea who he was. Art by <laughs> Alan Davis. Yes, yeah, and that's that's pretty much the reason why I wanted to um, to look at it, because it's Alan Davis and Marvel UK. But it's a shame people like Captain Britain, Dark Angel, I thought Dark Angel kind of deserved a page, but... yeah. Obviously not. I find it funny that there's a character called Dark Angel, and then Spider-Woman was called the Dark Angel of San Francisco, and she's also British. Yeah, well, Dark Dark Angel was in, I think the last thing she was in, the Iron Man run by... Do you know what page I really loved? I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt you really quick, so just flip to it. The Red Wolf page. The artwork on that page is absolutely beautiful, and I love how it's told. Yes, that one was one of the standouts. What's about Howard the Duck? God. <laughs> like, really? Howard the Duck. I just yeah. Well, so you made a comment about um. So in in the notes that we've all kind of um. So Mark Wade wrote something. Yes, he was. Let's see, he wrote a uh, supposedly had a essay he wrote, but I don't see it in my issue. No, they hadn't taken out any of the yes. stores had gotten it. They were told to not sell it. Yes, because, because it, was it was too political. It was too political. I read it and I thought it was fucking fantastic. And if you look at the stories in the book that are all about equality and we have Thor being accused of being an illegal immigrant. Right. So that how that's... how is that too political when Did right. you read the book? And especially right. and, what the eternity mask is. And how if if it was so political, why did they not nix it in the early stages? Why did they wait until the very last minute to take it out? Yeah. Did they did C B not read it before it was too late? I don't think he reads anything, do you? I don't. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm I'm just throwing a bit of shade at him because I, I don't understand how he's become editor in chief of Marvel Comics. But but like no, but seriously, like how how does it escape? You have all these other editors approving of the essay that Wade wrote, and but, then suddenly, yeah. oh no, we can't have that unless was, it's someone was, higher up at Disney. I was going to make the point that the very a very similar thing happened with. 
Art Spiegelman. Art Spiegelman. And or Marvel he, UK. Yeah, and his stuff. And I, I have a copy of the article he wrote. I've just left it at work. But basically, he go. He basically just calls Trump an absolute bellend, really. And the thing is, is that you know the, you should be able to have like freedom of freedom of uh, speech and that kind of stuff. Yeah, but he can't take freedom of speech, and he'll go after the company that the person hired. Yeah, but I mean, the Guardian in the UK, um, they decided to publish it anyway, so <laughs> so I can go and read it. I'll read it tomorrow, actually, and I'll, I'll send you guys some copies of it, and you know, I'll probably tweet it on my own personal Twitter. But it's just it's just a bit of a sad state of affairs when it takes this long for people to say, oh yeah, we can't actually have that. You know, it's like you were saying, why didn't they change it in the beginning and not like literally as it had gone to print, as people had right. actually received some of the printed copies. But in general. Uh, in the, the actual stories that I've read, they're very good. There is some complaints that there was 10 X-Men stories. Yes. Uh, I mean, I don't know what you're complaining about, but... You know. <laughs> well, some of them weren't actually very good. The yeah. Storm one was fantastic. Yeah, I, I need to read this book. I'm sorry. I, just, yeah. I haven't read it yet. I've read it at particular pages. I, I do like the idea of the Eternity Mask. With so many you know superheroes that are overpowered, this one just makes you the equal of the person you're fighting so you have a chance. Yeah. That is pretty cool. And it's interesting that it didn't work for one person. I think part of it is your intentions when you're using it. Yes. From from the stories. If you want yeah. to rule the world, it won't work for you. But if you want to create equality and you want to do the best for people, then it will work for you. Yes. Which is very noble. Very good. And I yes. need to read up on Jimmy Woo. <laughs> yeah. After reading this. Because I realized I, I have like, read hardly anything with him in it. And but he was in the Lost movie. I mean. He was. And then it makes sense after you know his history. Because, you know, I, I'm watching him I'm like in the movie. And, and I'm like, gosh. He's Atlas, too. He's, you know, he's still kind of folksy. And then you go back and see that he was de-aged to his, like, 1958 self. And he lost all his memories after 1958. I, so he's another sort of man out of time. I've I've not read anything with him in. I don't think <laughs> he's been he's been in Agents of Atlas. So if you haven't read Agents of Atlas, no, nope, I haven't read that. It's um, really good. I think I think there's something from like the early 2010s I've read with him in. I can't think what it is. But uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I I'm hoping that Marvel 1001 will be out soon. Leave it to Al Ewing to take obscure characters and make them really important. And what a great job he did of finding masked characters that nobody remembers. <laughs> right? Al Ewing mean, is so good at that. He's such a continuity-like buff and nerd. It's like the greatest thing when he writes stories because he just pulls the most obscure stuff and you're like, what is this? And, and so it just connects the dots. <laughs> right. So just a, just a quick one. I've just noticed on the notes that 1973 is Spider-Man 121 where Gwen Stacy dies. Therefore, it's a Mary Jane story. <laughs> yeah, that, that one was weird. I mean, yeah. what? what? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Gwen Stacy died this year. Oh, no. But Mary Jane survived. Yay! It's I think like... it was Mary Jane remembering Gwen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, weren't That's they friends? Enough. Yes. Oh yeah, probably. They, went to, they, they, all, they all went. To the they were best school, friends. I did love Hercules' story. Yes, he was cute. I, I'm going to go off and read this one now. And finish it. It's good. Um, the Miracle Man story was good. It was makes a lot more sense if you've read Miracle Man. Yeah, I need to get that as well. I as do I. Um, what else stood out? Uh, I already mentioned the Elsa Bloodstone story with Jeff the Land Shark. Um oh then there was Jessica Jones twice with her and Luke. So I guess Jessica Jones has some big stuff coming down the line. And the gorgeous last page 
of the one-page stories by Christian Ward. Oh my god, it was beautiful. Christian Ward's a genius. The reason why he hasn't... Um... Who wrote that page? Oh, Al Ewing wrote that page. There you go. Yes. Um, there's a team-up that needs to happen for an ongoing Christian Ward and Al Ewing. Yeah, that would be amazing. Right? I mean, there's so much we, we could talk about each individual page for like hours. Well, yeah, I, I find it... I just One I wanted to call out, which was um, 2013, which was Cable and X-Force issue one. That's quite an interesting one to, to call out. Because that, I mean, that was a that was a book I absolutely adored when it came out. But it's just the fact that it's quite, it, it's actually quite an obscure one, really. I thought, anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, they, I wouldn't. It doesn't surprise me that there's there's a lot of obscure ones. The 1978 yeah. one was um, a, who was 1978? That was someone I never even heard of. 1978 was Uncanny X-Men X-Men 109 Weapon Alpha has a run in with Blind Justice. So I had and no he idea. He is a member for, of former member of Alpha Flight. Aha. Then at the very, very end, we have Korvac is back online. Isn't Korvac? Korvac is going to be the main villain going into Captain Marvel number two. Oh, he is? Yes, that's the rumor. Ah. So I don't know if he's actually a villain for Captain Marvel in the comics as well. I haven't really... I have, I have a lot to do to catch up with Carol. I was going to say, the, 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 the Avengers. He's an yeah, Avengers villain. The Avengers Korvac saga. Yeah, he's going to be a big bad for Carol and Captain Marvel number two. And I think going forward, he's going to be the com- cosmic big bad after Thanos. So that's the rumor I'm hearing anyway. That would so, be quite a surprising direction to go in. Purely so because, it, purely because you've got Ronan the Accuser too that's still not like... Well, he's dead as of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I know, but he was going to go after Captain Marvel. Carol. Well, he might be working with Korvac. We don't know. I just find Korvac a very odd character to... That's the rumor I've heard. Whether that rumor is true or not, I don't know. Or maybe he's just going to be the next overarching Avengers villain like the other one, like Thanos was. I don't I don't know. I know that they're... But it makes sense that if they're pushing Korvac in the movie, that they're going to push Korvac in the comics. Yeah, I, I, I just wouldn't be surprised if the Avengers franchise just is just done. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they take it in a different direction. Well, so. look at look at what they, they're going to do. The Ultimates. They've got Monica. You've got Carol. You've got T'Challa. Now all you need is America, which I think they are in the process of going to be introducing, and um, Blue Marvel. Yep. And once you get those two, you've got your Ultimates. You've got three out of five Ultimates right now. I, w- I would not surprise me if we got America Chavez and Blue Marvel very soon. I want Ewing's. I want Ewing's Ultimates because that was a hell of a good series that I picked. I only picked that up because of the Carol variant cover, and then I read it, and then I added it to my pull list, and I was very sad when it got canceled. It was so good. Yeah, I enjoyed that run, especially the um, the Christian Ward <laughs> stuff in there. Yes, yes, that was pretty pretty. It's just an awesome book. Reading recommendations. Do you want to go first, Lynn? Sure. I don't know if I recommended this before, but Dan Kibblesmith's Loki. Oh, you've recommended it. It's adorable. And then uh, I was actually just going to say, if you like Nick and Nora Charles-esque banter, follow him and Jen Ashley right on Twitter. They are delightful. (laughs) Yeah, it's quite funny because like individually they're both like hilarious. But together, it's just even better. And then I guess it's time to get freshened up on the Korvac saga. I am going to recommend... uh, I picked up Sarah and the Royal Stars. I'm not quite sure exactly what's going on quite yet. I'm in two issues in, but I love it. It's an adventure. It's basically about a princess who is the chosen one, and she has to free these constellations, or also known as the Royal Stars, from um, this kind of prison bind they're in. Um, she's, as of issue two, she's got two of them released, which is kind of cool. There's more to it than that. I can't even begin. I have to reread it and really take my time on it. I kind of read it in a rush. But the artwork is 
beautiful and um, it's definitely my kind of story. That's good. I will follow up. And also, I am currently reading, um, you need to read Thanos. I know I keep recommending it, but if you haven't read it, you need to read it. Um, there's only one issue left in the series. No, uh, that's out now. No, uh, there's still issue six to go. Oh, is, oh, is five there? Oh, I thought yeah. there was only five issue series. No, it's six. Death's Head is only four, and I've actually been enjoying that as well. Yeah, I've got um, both issues of Death's Head, mostly because it's Death's Head. Yeah, like, like <laughs> uh, you, you can't you can't not buy it if it's not if it's Death's Head. I've been enjoying that as well. And then since we're on it, I'm on a Teeny Howard kick. Um, Strike Force is coming out at the end of the month, so you need to get that, especially if you're like a Wiccan fan or a Blade fan or a Bucky fan or a Monica fan or an Angela fan or a Spider Woman fan. Um, I'm missing someone. Oh, Demon Hellstorm fan. Get it. The team's pretty weird. It's going to be a fun one. So I'm reading uh, the iRobot books still. I, I think I recommended them in the last episode. So I'm finally up to the complete robot, which is basically a repeat of the first two books of a couple of different stories. It's very good if you like your 50s golden era of sci-fi. And it also leads into the Foundation series, which I will, will, will read. Mostly because uh, House of X and Powers of X seems to be taking a lot of high, high of these sci-fi concepts, like high-level sci-fi concepts, and putting them into uh, into the book. That's pretty much it for me. Oh, I have one more recommendation. Leah Williams, Gwenpool Strikes Back. Oh my god, is that so zany and fun? And just some of the the lengths she will go to make a joke about a certain um, storyline of Spider-Man is amazing. So you need to read it. It's hysterical. Have they joked about One More Day yet? No, they've joked about Rain, though. Oh. No, one more day is the one to joke about. Oh, I, I wouldn't put it past her. <laughs> yeah, I know, but so, that's, uh, that's the one we want. That's the joke that we nothing, want. Nothing nothing, is safe from Gwenpool. It's only a matter of time. So uh, issue number two comes out this Wednesday. So the day this episode goes live. So you should pick it up because it's fun. Um, and watching sorry. recommendations? I have one. Last weekend, we binged Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. I've only gotten through the first episode, and it was a little tense, so I have to. I, I can't binge this one, but I agree. Oh, yes, it gets much more intense. It is definitely not for little kids, but it is fantastic. I would not put anything past Jim Henson's creation to be fantastic. So yeah, The puppetry is just phenomenal, and the way they recreated all those puppets for the sketches. Yeah. And Devin Townsend and tell you- is a big fan of, of The Dark Crystal. He's- See? Yeah. <laughs> so just for backstory, Devin Townsend's like one of my favorite uh artists of all time. And uh he whilst he was in the band uh Strapping Young Lad, uh they made a song called Skeksis or Skeksis or whatever you want to call it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh the comic, Dark Crystal comic book is um they know they're coming out with one for Age of Resistance, but there is another one that's before that that is absolutely beautiful. I have um I collected the covers from Santa Takita. I mm-hmm. probably messed up her name. I'm sorry, Santa. Um, who is the artist on Monstrous. And, uh, yeah, that book is beautiful. Monstrous so. right, is a very pretty book. I keep seeing it in the shop and I'm just like, yes. do I want it? Do I not want it? It yes. is yes, amazing. You do. you do want it. Absolutely. You do want it. <laughs> Get it. I have no money left, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I honestly, right. Okay. So one of the other things that I will recommend is the fact that Marvel are coming out with these new epic collections. Um, which is basically, I think, replacing the essential collections, but they're all in colour. Um, and for what you get, I think it's actually really, really quite worth it. I think it's about twenty pound for uh, about twenty issues, so it's about a pound an issue. Uh, in the US, it's probably about four thousand dollars or something. So, um, so it, they're, they're really good. I've been buying up those. Got Wolverine one, New Mutants, Excalibur. Yeah, they've reprinted all the Excalibur stuff, which I'm quite looking forward to. Yeah. That's that's kind of all my recommendations. 
I don't have any watching recommendations because I just kind of binge YouTube videos at this point. Although the Bon Appetit YouTube channel is very good. That's everything I got. So if you guys like listening to us, let us know. If you have any questions, please tweet us at AdelanRising1 on Twitter or email us at theshow at AdelanRising.com or you can visit any of our individual Twitter pages. Yep. And don't forget to tell Marvel how much you love their books. We've already mentioned Mondo Marvel at Marvel.com for Moon Girl. Um, for Kamala, you want uh, mheroes at Marvel.com, and I guess that rolls for any of the other books, too. So make sure you write Marvel and let them know how much you love reading about the Inhumans. But yeah, thank you for listening. Until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>